too many Tic Tacs in the town. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 3.38 starting time. Please welcome from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Matthew Wiley. Play away, please. I got my head Golf Lenny 197 on the Matt Wiley Network. Listen, I, I tweeted earlier that it was podcast 199. I haven't done one in so long. I didn't know the numbers. We're not at 199. We're at 197. I've got two more. I said it was going to be the Wayne Gretzky episode because of 99. So now it's the, what, Connor McDavid? It's pathetic. Uh, Golf Lenny 197. Seven, So you can DMCA me for that song, but it's a banger. It is, hang on, Nathan and I were listening to it earlier. It's called Head Under Water by Someone. It's, an, it's, this, it's the banger of the summer. It's fantastic. So take me down. What, Paramount or Universal nearly wiped out this entire library? Whatever. I don't care. Just do it. At this point, who cares? I'm going to play bangers. For 15 seconds. Leave me alone. Golflandia197. What do I want to do? Oh, yeah. I'm a little rusty. Bear with me. Thank you to Chris Durrell for all your stats. Chris Durrell. Free stats. Doesn't matter. Every Monday, same time. Doesn't even matter if I'm doing a podcast. He's there. That's the kind of friend you want in your life. And his Twitter account, I still don't know it after two years. That's the kind of friend you don't want in your life. Jagerbombs underscore eight. <laughs> Nine? Something. Google Chris Durrell. <clears throat> also, thanks to NASCAR. Thanks to all your NASCAR help, folks, out there. D Flowers. I was last out of last in NASCAR. Completely full tilted on golf. So I decided to go into NASCAR DFS. Never do that. Play badminton DFS before NASCAR DFS. You will be absolutely wrecked. No pun intended because Flowers said, quote, in a DM, I've never seen a team, four out of six cars, wrecked. (laughs) Of like the first two laps. That's me. By the way, A. Amarola, if that's a driver, is the worst. Never play him. Any price. Thank you. God bless. NASCAR. I totally respect that sport. Stay the fuck away from it. He said to me, D.Flowers in the DM, because he was very helpful, but I suck at it. He said, this is a road race. It's much different. I said, quick question. Don't they always drive on roads? The... I guess there's differences. Four to six wrecks. He's like, you should probably have a live stream on this. 
because it's never happened. Sponsors. Let's get the sponsors out of the way. Not real sponsors. Sponsors. Old Navy. Brought to you by Old Navy. It's fine. Why do you want to pay more for clothes? It's fine. Old Navy, it's fine. Grant Thornton. Grant Thornton. Not even we know what we do. Sponsor of a PGA tournament, Grant Thornton. I don't know what they do. What do they do? What does Corn Ferry do? Corn Ferry Tour, what do they do? Old Spice Deodorant, now with aluminum. If you check, uh, if you check your aisle at Meyer or Kroger or Walgreens, it is now with aluminum. Your choice. I choose aluminum. <clears throat> and squeaky chairs. You'll hear this throughout the podcast. Why pay more? I paid $45 12 years ago. Why pay more? I don't need it. And last, Green Square Golf. Oh, never mind. <laughs> don't go that side. You've all been refunded. All right, so I'm back for a break. Back for a break in content. Yes, I wanted a pity party. Yes, I just, I just wanted to... I just felt like there was too much content out there with golf. Everyone in the... Everyone. Networks. Every golfer. Every college golfer. Every high school golfer. Every mediocre college golfer. Everyone now suddenly plays DFS. Do you? Show me the receipts, Chief. But now they're a DFS expert. I'm not a DFS expert. Admittedly. But at least I play and lose constantly, as does everyone else. Except for Justin Bates. By the way, follow Justin Bates Golf. Actual ex-golfer. He won a ton of money last week. And... And who's Smalley? He told me about Smalley two years ago, and I didn't listen to him. He's sharp. Bates can play. He's salt of the earth. And we, we, we talk a lot. But I was just, I, you know, I became sort of preoccupied and embarrassed with even my earlier content that I could actually help in a DFS space with any you can't everyone knows what they're doing everyone wants to beat each other at this we're all competing against each other this isn't against a book and then literally hour after hour everyone was coming out with podcasts and content and i'm a new df i just done laid on the floor i was out i'm out i can't do it anymore and then and then i didn't I didn't, I didn't do a formal, like, 12-page paragraph notepad about me changing the industry or me retiring. I just said, I just was like, ugh, I'm going to take a break. But then my DMs filled up, six people. My, they filled up with people, six, five. One guy telling me that the podcasts helped him through his divorce. And I love that guy. And they, they're like, I really like your podcast from the entertainment standpoint. And so I got a little re-energized to do it again. I can't quit those people. Five. But I did get, dis, I did get really um, discouraged, especially when the PGA Tour was, speaking of DMCAing, 
people like Rick Gaiman, who puts out free content week after week after week, or Monday Qualifier week after week after week. I think I did a podcast on it. Put so much free work into it. By the way, the inside secret to podcasting, it makes negative money. Someone said, well, I thought it was your full-time job. Are you kidding me? This? This? If I just quit all of this, I'd have $3 million extra dollars. But then the PGA DMCAing Rick taking down content from old YouTube videos that he did. You don't think he helps the industry or the PGA Tour? I was just, or the Monday Qualifier guy? I was just tired of helping billion dollar industries figure shit out and then stealing all our stuff. But the pity party is over. The DFS streets are going to be cleaned up now. You cannot kill, it's a cockroach, you cannot kill Golflandia at all. And if there's there's some people who DM me and say that I found it entertaining, listen, I've always been, it's the messenger over the message. People are like, well, why was no one listening to my content? Because you suck at talking. That's why. I don't care about the message. How does Trump become president? He's a good messenger. The pity party is over today. Life sucks, Matt. Get over it. Who cares? Ted Lasso sucks. That's a fact. All you Ted Lasso slappies. What is it? Like two and a half men, 2.0? It's terrible. By the way, my content is 100% never serious. I just try to take the opposite position of really polarizing subjects. And at least the the, the 40% position and just see where it goes. Just like when I said Kisner... I want to be, I said, I tweeted, I'm the, let me be the first person to say Kevin Kisner should be on the Ryder Cup team. Knowing full well Barstool Riggs from Barstool said that controversially a week ago and everyone whined about it for a week. I know he said it first. That's the point of the content. Nothing I ever say is true. It's not true. It's just like, I'm just trying to have fun. That's all I can do. That's all I can offer. What am I going to offer? Picks? Picks? <clears throat> Unless it's calling out loon bat conspiracy vaccine theorists and calling them giant pussies. Because they are. Then I get mad. Yes, yeah, some, sometimes I reply to people that I don't think anyone sees and I'm pissed. I'm absolutely pissed. Messenger, not the message. Always remember that if you want to be successful in content. It's how you say it, not what you say. You can literally say anything if you're compelling enough. Look at cults. Look at the formation of... Look at any Netflix series on cults. People follow around a guy in a fucking blue Speedo to Guam because he can talk well. Dan Back... Speaking of blue speedos from Roto Grinders, he mentioned Underdog and it's, and it's rapid success. 
which I completely, completely agree with. He said, the scale of underdog, Dan back from Roto Grinders, obviously. The, the scale of underdog, the scale underdog fantasy has reached in such a short time, amount of time is absolutely incredible. And I said, yes, I've been saying this over and over and over to people that have stake in this industry. And the big outfits better take notice. They make it fun. DFS drafting is venturing less into transactional. Oh, I can play DFS into more experiential. Has there ever been a time where corporate DFS says anything on Twitter that people are like, thanks, corporate DF or DK, excuse me, DK or FanDuel? No, it's a constant attack. You're the assholes who make money. And I love DK, DraftKings. I want to help them. But, but underdog and someone, Wombat, Rogue Wombat said, well, well, I'm curious what the main difference between DK and underdog best ball, which I love more on that in a second, is. Uh, and I said, I said, what did I say? Underdog has made a platform more on a personality. And Pete Overzet has done a great job there. Really good job. It feels player-centric. The platform is really, really good, especially for NFL best ball. And it's, it, it, it's very tough to make a good first impression. It's very hard to do, and it's very hard to measure, but the brand has done that, and it can leverage that sentiment, Underdog can. It feels less antagonistic, less friction, more so that they are on our team. And that's just my personal reflection with, with what they're doing. But I would take notice of what they're doing if I was a bigger if I was leading a bigger player. That's what I would do. It's like restaurants. If you ever want to talk to someone who's successful in restaurants, what do they always say? Your opening, your launch, is really the gatekeeper of your success. How you open a restaurant. How you launch it. Your first night. And I've become a huge Gordon Ramsay fan, by the way. Um, do I get 1.1 drafting on underdog more? Yes. Do I get Christian McCaffrey more? Yes. Do I fall asleep most drafts? Yes. I fell asleep. I had 1.1 Christian McCaffrey the other night. I fell asleep. I had eight backup quarterbacks in the morning. Do I have 75% J-Rob? Robinson. From the Jaguars. Yes. James Robinson. Yes. Best value on the board. Um, And I said that on Twitter too. I'm a 75% James Robinson in best ball on underdog and DraftKings. And Metro Gooman, Saul said something rude about that. And Metro Gooman stuck up for me on Twitter. So he is now a VIP fan of the show. If you agree with me, full, full-throated agree with me on Twitter and stick up for me, 
and just unabashedly agree with anything I say, you are a VIP fan of the show. So Metro Guman is a VIP fan of the show. Saul is blocked. All right, we're going to talk to Ryan about the Northern Trust. The Northern Trust. Which I, I tweeted this today about the Northern Trust. I remember a player survey from like 10 years ago. I think Shackelford did it. The players PGA survey. Name the 10 worst golf courses you play on tour. And Liberty National was the worst. I'll never forget that article. And what they said about it privately, they should have left it a dump. The only thing that keeps it from being a zero is that it has a stunning location. I've never forgotten that. It's whatever. I don't know. I've never played it. I'm not in the tour. I'm just, I'm just saying objective research about Liberty National in Jersey. Players saying, I cannot believe we're going back. Uh, this segment with Ryan is brought to you by Lay's. Lay's. Bet you can't eat just one. That was their campaign. Bet you can't eat just one. No shit! Who eats one chip? I, of course. I bet you can't eat just one. Yes. We know. Let's talk to Ryan. Good to be back. Tiger Woods, y'all. Hello. All right. First of all, it's great to be back. Ryan Bariff. Golf never sleeps, but we do. Yes. Yeah, I said no, it was good. podcast 199, and it's 197. That's how yeah, I think my uh, my working theory is is you have a bet against yourself reaching 200, and you just wanted to stop. <laughs> before. I feel like we've been on 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 197 or 198 for like four months. That's what I felt like, and we just never got to 200. It's the I'm in the Blair Witch. Project. I thought we were getting like a cake uh, or like an <laughs> NFT that said 200. I don't know. Congrats on 200, <laughs> bud. Yeah. Here's your cake. The the uh, Northern Trust. Here's the most prescient thing in my mind about the Northern Trust is what I posted today, a Shackelford article from 2012, because I remember this distinctly. I, yep. I love most, I love most PGA surveys because you get to hear what the players won't say publicly. And in in Full stop, across the board, the top 10 worst courses, number one, and I don't think it was just this year, in 2012, was Liberty National, where Mm -hmm. the Northern Trust is this week. Quote, they should have left it as a dump. Two, stupid. (laughs) (laughs) The course is stupid. The views are way better than the course. The only thing that keeps it from being a zero is, is the stunning location. I can't believe we're going back there. And I'll never forget that. So there's a lot of uh, Northern Trust, Liberty National truthers. And I thought I'd just put it out there, much like the Ted Lasso tweet. Oh, that was that was glorious. I mean, you knew what was going to happen. Yeah, I said, I'm, I'm just ready for this. I didn't foresee half of Twitter stealing your uh, opinion and and then running with it, but... They sort of thanked me for it. 
Yeah, thanks for opening the floodgates. We also think it sucks. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. Christmas episode ruined my soul. So what do you think about Liberty National, though? Well, yeah, I mean, they've made some changes. I don't um, – I honestly, when, when Patrick Reed won here a couple of years ago, I don't yeah. think I watched a single shot. Uh, I do remember the President's Cup. and yes, um, I do too. You know, it, it felt – I think maybe it was the weather because it was cold or the way they set it up, but it felt a little – European in terms of guys were hitting less than driver off the tee. And um, I mean, there were guys like Grio was there and Kevin Chappell. I don't know. It was weird. Um, but, but I mean, uh, that like that even wasn't interesting because the international team was so bad that it wasn't competitive. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, look, hopefully uh, the course plays a little harder. I loved that the Wyndham last week played harder and guys weren't shooting 22, 23 under par. Uh, I mean, we saw guys putting off the green and chipping off the green and making double bogeys. I think my entire single entry, single entry team made a double on the front nine on Thursday. So, you know, it was entertaining. I am the worst full tournament single entry player maybe in history. It's that so hard. Me. It's so hard. I'm. I want to make this a complete showdown podcast. Because I believe that Friday or Saturday showdown, when you get a feel for what the players are going to do, mm-hmm. and then you don't pay attention to ball striking stats because they're going to flip it around the next day, yeah, and just get value on bir- just get birdies for value, you can dominate. Yeah, I, mean, I think the one thing with showdown, well, there's a couple, but like the one thing with showdown that people don't take into account is if you like the guy coming into the week and he's showing any sort of form, why are you going to stop playing him? Like, I don't really care if the price goes up by 500 or 600 or if it goes down by 200, but if there's a guy that you like and he continues to play well, play him again. I don't right. like people who show down to hedge. Kisner and Siwoo Kim previous week in Memphis were plus like 23. Yeah. And they that was were great. One, yeah. 1 1 the next week. Yep. So I'm, you're all, I'm down to no stats and I'm almost out of recent form. Especially with Siwoo Kim, it doesn't matter one fucking lick. These guys can play. And, and so it's just, it's just, if you have enough experience with golf, if you watch mm-hmm. enough of it, if you know who can ball strike, if you know who can putt well, if you know who can scramble, and you know who can play, and you can get value at low ownership on price, play it. That's it. That's all it is. It's it's the three pillars that this podcast was built on. Ball striking, course history, and eyeballs. Eyeballs. <laughs> Except the guy who like I had I would have had 40 out of 150 6 of 6 except for Taylor no why Gooch. <laughs> I was so happy because I I had no Gooch and he was like 5 under after 5 holes with an eagle and I was like great. I'm in. I had everything. I had 100% yeah. 6 of 6. I would have won everything. Yeah. So I don't know if I should expand my player pool so they don't have 30% gooch or contract it. Probably. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I think 40 is the, is the right number. Yeah. I mean, I, I usually go less than that. I'm between 32 and 35. Um, I've actually had more success when I expand my player pool. But I don't think yes. it has anything to do with the number. I think it has to do with I usually end up with like 80% of one stud and it's always the wrong one. So I was 70% Webb, 50% Mac Hughes, and I had two six of six. Yeah. Like, well, That's yeah, bad. like I played 
40% Matsuyama last week. I had more web, but I played a ton of Matsuyama. And I played a lot of Zalatoris, who was fine, but like the web Zalatoris combination means you're dead. Because you don't have Kisner, don't have Siwoo, don't have any of those guys. Lebiota, Gooch, goodbye. Uh, yeah. Goodbye. Uh, ZJ, too. That was, that was bad. So what I want to do in – like I want to segment this so that it's more less just offhanded and now more predictable in terms of content <clears throat> is that we're going to do five yes, five no, meaning right. five yes – out of each, like the 10 and up, nine, eight, seven, six, five, and then five no's. So you get one yes in that range. Now, we with ownership's not going to be projected yet. But you can kind of get a feel for it. And then no. And you base that on, you base that on ownership, leverage, price, performance, whatever. Yep. So we're going to have one yes and one no each category. So we don't drone on about every pick. And that's it. I like it. Okay, so let's start in the 10 and up range. One yes, one no. Let's go with both of them. So you start with your yes. So we're not caring about ownership. We're just picking our yes. Uh, well, you, you kind of consider ownership, right? Okay. I mean, you, 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 Spieth is probably going to be very highly owned. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll just, I'll say DJ. Yes, okay. DJ. Uh, why? Uh, well, I do think he's going to be lower owned. I think uh, I think actually both he and Rom could go under owned with uh, Spieth and Xander and uh, Rory and Brooks cheaper. Um, he obviously loves this event, not necessarily at this golf course, uh, but but he's played okay here and he was great in the Presidents Cup here as well. He's um, top ten Memphis. Yeah, and look, uh, DJ right has won on tour every single year. I'm stealing this from Slip last <laughs> last podcast. Has won Sorry, on who? Who's tour. that guy? Yeah. Has won on tour every single year. Um, has not won this year. Needs to win this year. Will win this year. I'm taking DJ. I'm I'm with you. That's my guess. Is DJ um, top ten at Memphis? These greens are sub five thousand. They're very yards. They're very five thousand yards. Uh, they're smallish. You need to scramble well. Uh, he showed some form in Memphis. Yeah, he's DJ. He's probably going to be ten or less owned compared because Spieth is going to suck up that ownership. I love Spieth still. I'm, yes, DJ. Here's my mm-hmm. no. My no is Xander. I, I'm I I cannot get in that camp. Ever. Yeah. Um. I I am one in my player pool typically, except for Webb last week where I just went some some chalk you need to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Webb is probably one of them last week. I am one for fading the high price players. I just don't think unless they win typically, you get the value out of them that you need. Um, so Xander for me is typically always a no. This week is a no. That's my no. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to steal your pick there, but I'm, I'm kind of off Xander as well. Um, I will say my no picking someone else is going to be Brooks Kepka. Why? Um, something with Brooks, look, he, he obviously wasn't great in uh, Memphis. I don't think that's a huge deal. You know, Brooks has obviously shown the ability to bounce back very quickly. Uh, whether it's, you know, his win in, um, in Phoenix earlier this year was off of, I think three missed cuts in a row or something like that. Um, but, uh, he's kind of coming off that run. He was uh runner up at PGA, almost won the U S open, almost won the open. It just feels like he's kind of in that lull right now. Um, and yeah, he was just so bad at Memphis. I just, I just can't see him turning it around like that. 
Plus, he's doing the barstool content this week. I think. I think I saw. He could be. Uh, I think there's that money match too with Higgs and Phil, right? I yeah. think they're doing that. Um, I mean, Brooks will be fine. Like he's he, he's locked into the playoffs. He's locked into the tour championship. He will probably win or come close to winning one of these events. But um, I don't think this course is 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 great for him either. You know, it's a course that you know it takes driver out of your hand on a lot of holes um, and his iron play and his short game aren't necessarily the strengths. So um, yeah, pass on Brooks here. All right. Nine range. I'll start with my yes, my yes. And now this is chalk. You may need to eat perhaps, but I think mm-hmm. people might like Bryson or even JT because JT's price. Yeah. I saw some JT 25 to one tweets. Everyone loves it, but I'm in. you know, in, in this field, he should be 25 to one. Yeah. And he's not going to win. I like, I like just on the just on the screws on the on the fact that I think you can do well. I think I like Victor Hovland a lot mm-hmm. um, for that price. I think uh, you know Cantley burned me. I'm off of him. I can never Scheffler and Xander are the same to me. I can never get behind them. Hovland's my yes. What's your yes? Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a lot of good plays here. I I certainly do like JT, but I I won't make that my yes. Uh, I'm going to go all the way down to the bottom, and hopefully. A slightly no, lower owned Matsuyama after a miscut last week where he, he guys still gained three strokes ball striking, right? He missed the cut on the number, um, with horrible chipping and putting. So yeah, Matsuyama, uh, just feels great. He feels like, uh, this is a good course fit for him. You talk about how good his short game is, right? And this yes. is a course where you need accuracy and you need a short game. Uh, and I think just, just as a whole with, um, uh, the Masters win and then playing well in Tokyo. I, I, I think just getting all of that behind him, uh, mm-hmm. it's, I think he can focus on golf now. And uh, I think he's going to make a run, not just here, but for the FedEx Cup too. My no is what we didn't talk about was these are pretty tricky green complexes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're small, they're undulating, they're quick. Uh, you've, you noticed like a Patrick Reed winning historically, Justin yeah. Jordan Speed doing well. They're good putters. I think that's the one thing in Justin Thomas's game that's getting in his head is that the four years ago, Justin Thomas, when he was winning everything, he mm-hmm. was making everything. He made everything within 10 feet, yeah. it seemed. And he just can't putt as well anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like Ricky. Ricky can't putt as well anymore, admittedly. I mean, he's just not good uh, as, he, as he was. And so something's changed. And I, I'm going to say no right now to Justin Thomas. Yeah. I mean – I think the thing about JT, uh, if you watch, which obviously we do and I do because I literally uh, play JT every week and bet yeah. him and lock him every week, he does lip out a lot of putts. Like the guy, like, yes, he has been struggling. The guy lips out a lot of putts. Uh, so does Rory. So yeah, I think both, I actually bet both of them here. I don't think um, he's that far away. My no, and it is a little bit painful because of the price. He is significantly underpriced, but uh, I'm going to say no to Bryson. I think yeah. on a golf course where I think you're going to have driver taken out of your hands, you're going to need a little more accuracy. You're going to need to scramble. I mean, we've seen the last two times he's been in contention, both at US Open and then in Memphis, guys just melted down. Um, so I think he's not 100% there. Um, if he has a weakness, right, it's iron play and around the green, which I think is what you need this week. So uh, Bryson's a note for me. This is the the next eight range. Go. This is a absolute honey hole of great players. Yes. Go. I'm interested to see what you're going to say. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the. Um, ah, this Don't is tough. <laughs> so 
this is not going to be my yet. I mean, I love Adam Scott. I think he's a great play. Yeah. But if we're talking GPP, uh, leverage, ownership, all of that, my yes, big, fat star, Ryder Cup motivation is Tony Finau. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's a better course for him. He is ha- he has an exceptionally underrated short game. Yes. He's great around the greens. Um, obviously great. a great ball striker. Has not been consistent. Hasn't been good this year. But I think he's shown enough recently, and he's got the uh, he's got the nappy factor. Just had a baby, his twelfth, thirteenth, whatever it is. Um, he's got the Ryder Cup motivation. Uh, I don't know. I feel like he's going to be like five percent owned. So he's my GPPS. Yes, uh, I mean every 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 decision tree gets me always to Tony Finau. Yeah, and I'm tired of saying it. And I'll do some content this week that'll get me to Tony Finau. <laughs> But the thing is, he's not really a great driver of the ball, like accurate driver of the ball. And his scrambling gets him out of a lot of trouble. Yeah, Um, absolutely. He's a great wedge player. He's great around the greens. And he's really not a bad putter anymore. I mean, we know that. He's not great, but. He's not great, but he's not like. Corey Connors. (laughs) Or Ben on type missing, right? Yeah. He's he's more reliable. Mm Um. He's I think an average eight, putter now, basically. Yeah. He's an average putter, but 8.2 20 feet now is insane. It's crazy. So I, yeah. Yes. So he was my yes, but I'll say my other yes is Paul Casey. Now, yeah. I, I just only think that Patrick Reed and English and Simpson will pull ownership from him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Paul Casey's name's not really in the news in the last few weeks. I feel like, I feel like this is a Paul. I mean, totally. I, I mean, totally. He, right. Yeah, he um I ran a model, a TM. Yeah. Uh he was number 2 in the model. So, right. yeah, I mean take that for what it's worth, but I mean I as you know, I never play Paul Casey, especially for $8700. So, um I think he's a great play, uh maybe for cash. Uh if he, you know, if he's not popular, then yeah, absolutely he's a great GPP play. But that's why I think I don't I think people yeah. are saying think the same thing. I think they want 8.2 Paul and not 8.7 Paul. Yeah, my no by the way, and I think yeah. this is pretty easy. Um uh, Neiman just just doesn't seem to be right. As wow. Of late. Um, I don't That's trust his. I don't trust his short game. I don't trust his iron play right now. Uh, just seems to be trending the wrong direction. But did so. you ever hear Bones talk about his short game? He say he thinks he says that Neiman is the best short game on tour. I mean, it doesn't yeah. add up to the stats. No, he's had his last three events. He's been a little better, and especially putting. But before that, lost strokes around the green. Seven out of eight tournaments. Like I don't know. He's just not consistent. Uh, I don't love this golf course for him either, so it's a pass for me. So my no is obviously Harris English. Harris English is to Xander, is to um, Scheffler. I I just can't. I don't know. I, I He always burns me, yes. I know. But at he's 8.8. Got, he's got a lot to play for. I'll say that. Yes. I, I mean, he's my no. I can't yeah. do it. I love, I mean, this range is insane. I mean, you have Scott, you have Cam Smith, you have Corey Connors. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think people are going to, I think people are going to play Webb. Uh, and I think, Tons. and I think there's some fool's gold after last week. So that's why I think you can get a lot of benefit from Matt. You get a ton of benefit from playing Matsuyama because Webb's. Oh, yeah. No, so. we're definitely playing Matsuyama and then probably playing one of the other guys in here. If it's Scott, if it's Fina, uh-huh. like I feel like, I mean, Matsuyama Fina might be a combined 15% owned. Like, it Let's could look be at Scott's very, record very low. here. Look at Scott last week. Scott's won here. 
Yeah. I might just play those three. Matsuyama, Scott, and Finau. And you can still get like Rory or JT. Like you can still get another guy. Scott missing that putt won me the five 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 showdown. Yeah, it was sick. I you know, I felt that bad was for him. Sick I mean, how long did he have to wait? Like fifteen minutes after he hit that shot? He so had Kisner weird. all over the green, Na mm-hmm. all over the green, Si Wu, who knows where he was. <laughs> okay, go to bad. sevens. Um who's your yes? There's yeah, a there's a lot here. here. Make so, it different. Make it unique. Well, yeah, I think you know the answer. Uh, because no one's going to play him. GPP only. This is not financial advice, but uh, for 7,400, Gerald B. Watson. Oh, my God. Look, all I'm saying is if you're going to play guys like Ram and DJ, then you're going to play Bubba, right? Like, I think they go hand in hand. No, he wasn't great last week, but he's been really good. Um, and I think if you want a guy who can make birdies, um, who pops when you don't think he's going to show up. He's played really well all year. Like, I don't know. He's going to be 2% owned. Um, but if I'm being a little more serious, uh, I'm going right back to Kevin Na. I think if you're looking at accuracy, if you're looking at short game, I mean, you saw those putts that guy made. He just, he he just makes, makes them when he has to make them. Um, and so it's Sunjai M, by the way. But, you know, 15-foot par makers, mm-hmm. Sunjai M seems to make them all. <laughs> Yeah, well, he shouldn't leave those. Um, but not, yeah, I mean, not obviously almost won last week. Um, he probably should have won, uh, lost in the playoff. People forget he was also runner up to the John Deere a couple of weeks ago. So yes. right before the open, um, also won this year at Sony. So like, if you look at the short term, but also long term, I think Kevin Nam makes a lot of sense. What's your um, name? Is it you one? Yes. Is it Watson or nah? I mean, it's nah, but okay. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Bubba. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And then do you want my no here? No, not yet. My okay. yes, my yes, because I'm going to give you my no. My yes, this is way down deep because I think this is going to be a very low-owned play considering all the value in the sevens is Charlie Hoffman. Mm. I think Charlie Hoffman at 7K can make one hell of a lineup for you. Yeah. Um, I don't know how so much yet. I got to look at ownership, but I think Charlie Hoffman – is my there's so much to do in the sevens, obviously, but Charlie Hoffman's the unique one I got. The no, the no is Bubba Watson. <laughs> I don't know what it is about him and you. Shame. Shame. <laughs> and they gave me a 160 to one this week. So right. For but another 20 months. You say yeah. Gerald B. Watson so much in our upscale salad bar chat that it's becoming it's becoming a problem yeah, with our relationship. I, I really didn't think uh, last week was a good course for him, but uh, it just it just felt good. I think this one could be. I mean, it depends how it plays, but I mean, Bubba, you know, he also has a a pretty solid short game. He's a good wedge player from from certain distances. Um, I don't know if you just look long term. He's been really good this year. So who's your no? So I have a few. Um, just in terms of you know guys who are going to be one. popular. Say one. <laughs> so my no is Charlie Hoffman. Um, I Jesus, think he. Are you serious? We flipped it. Yeah, I think he will get some ownership. Uh, just because if you look long term and in the models, you know he's going to show up. His ball striking has been really good this year. My concern, right, is number one, he hasn't played in a month. Number two is his three starts before. Well, actually, so the open he missed the cut, but the three starts before that he wasn't great either. So it's really been it's been almost two and a half or three months since he was playing the way that we remember him playing. Um. And I think he's going to be double digits. I think he'll be 10 or 12% owned. And I just, I would rather play, you know, a informed Johnny Vegas. I'd rather play 
an inform Seamus Power. Um, so yeah, I'm off of Hoffman here. Wow. Sorry. With the absolute reversal. Okay, go sixes then. <laughs> Who's your yes? I'm I don't know if I have one. Um, I, I got one. Maybe two. I would say, I mean, if I had if I had to pick one, um, oh gosh. If I had to pick one, um, I would say that I am just going to blindly take Harold Varner. Um, has been fairly consistent this year. Played okay last week. Great iron play. He gained strokes putting. Uh, in a top five here in 2019. I really don't like any of these guys, but if I had to play one, I would probably play Harold Varner. All right, let me give you the pick of the year. It's Matt Wallace. Matt Wallace, interesting one. Yep, it's Matt Wallace. He, he played well at, uh, in uh, Europe this week. So yes, yeah, he is. Um, he does a lot of things well. He is six point five. Good around the greens, good iron player, all round championship type style. Matt Wallace is the guy. I could also make a case for Mackenzie Hughes, but we only get one. There you go. The no for me, maybe permanently, is Gooch. <laughs> oh, Gooch. Taylor Gooch, no why Gooch, in that I was completely decimated by him last week. And there are the Gooch people. Right. There's the I mean, Herman there's, people. There's the Gooch people. There's the Kirk people. There's the Kirk people. Yeah, I I, I agree with the Gooch people. They uh, they just need to go. It's like Aaron. There's the Aaron Wise people or person. Slap. I don't. I don't understand the game. I don't understand Gooch's game. I don't understand Aaron Wise's game. In fact, I asked you that in the weekend. Describe mm-hmm. his game to me. Uh, no? I mean, everyone. I don't know. I mean, if I wanted to pick someone the popular, who is no. the guy, the guy like the, you know, the guy. Yeah, well, so, okay, I'll say this. I will. I am done with Roger Sloan. How about that? I think that's a guy. Why? Who people. I, look, I'm I mean, just when trying you, to get interested in him. I know. When you just make a run like that to basically save your career, save your tour card, like there's going to be a letdown at that point. He accomplished mm-hmm. what he wants to accomplish. Hopefully he can keep it rolling. But, um, you know, if, if you get a guy like that who's going to be eight ten percent owned, like I don't know, I just don't have any interest in it. You got to give props to Seth Pete's though, because he he was banging the drum on Roger Sloan. Yeah, Roger Sloan was like five over, and the guy yeah. nearly won. He turned it around for sure. I mean, yeah, look, it's a great run. He he just earned himself a tour card for next year. I I think he's a good player, um, but I am not going back to Sloan this week. You know what's funny is McCumber, who nearly won last week. Six. Flat I don't know how he's six. in the playoffs. Ryder, never play. Six. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at these names. I do have some interest. A guy I played last week, actually, um, was Andy Pan. Burnham? No, CT Pan. I don't know. He's he's played okay. Obviously won a bronze medal. Played pretty well last week. Ball striking was good. Seems like Andy a... Put- Andy Putt and a good putt. Yeah. Big time. Uh, All right, I so did. who's our winner? So... I looked at this a couple ways, um, and basically what I did, uh, which I do every week, is you know, uh, without reading anything, without you know being influenced, I put together my own list of comp courses. And sometimes they make a lot of sense, and sometimes they don't make sense. I'm not going to tell you the full mix, but uh, uh, for this week, it included Sawgrass and Colonial. 
Uh, and there's wow. actually a lot of crossover between those two. Like when you think of uh, Adam Tough. Scott won both, uh, Justin Thomas has played well, Spieth has mm-hmm. played well. But the top three that came out in this model were Rory McIlroy, Adam Scott, and Sergio Garcia. Um, obviously, Sergio Garcia is not winning. Very likely, Adam Scott is not winning, which leaves me with Rory McIlroy. So uh, I don't uh, love it. I wish I could pick DJ here, but uh, Rory, 25 to 1, is my pick to win. That is, uh, I think that's Bamford's entire picks. He picked exactly that. Yeah. I mean, I think if you keep going down my list, I mean, Connors is there, Rom, JT, Matsuyama. Um, so it's a good list. Beath is there. So, um, but, you know, Rory's on top. Let's go, Rory. I'm going Spieth, Hovland, Casey at this point. Spieth, Hovland, Casey. Yeah, I can see it. Only for feel only. You know what yeah, I miss I just, about I this have show? I have concerns with Spieth here. I don't know. I mean, Why? if you're, well, I mean, if you're thinking irons and short game, it, you know, I think he makes a lot of sense, but, uh, I don't know. I just haven't adapted to him being, uh, at this price and these sorts of fields. And he just hasn't seemed a hundred percent the last month. You know, he had that run, which peaked at uh, Valero with the win. Um, yeah, I think he's going to finish like ninth, 12th. I think there's, I think there's a ton of wind here. I think this is, yeah. is a, is a player hateable course. I think the greens are small and tricky for putting. Mm-hmm. I think you need to scramble pretty well. I think it needs to be a guy who's kind of creative. I kind of can't. Yeah, I think he's going to be overowned too. Like Price overowned. He obviously played well here last That's time, but problem. if you look at it, he gained 23%. like he gained six and a half strokes putting here in 2019. Like, just not going to do that again. Twenty three percent owned. That's my guess. Yeah, I think I think I think he's going to be high for sure. Hey man, welcome back. Yes, are we done after this week? <laughs> no, we got to get to two hundred. Playoffs. How many more is left? Like 10? Well, I don't know. You changed this one from 199 to 197 <sighs> last minute. I feel like we've been on 197 for three months. Yeah. Years. I mean, I think I think it was like around my birthday in April when we hit 194. So I don't know yeah. what happened since then. <laughs> All right, man. See you. Have a good night. Right. I will do a close because jaunty football. Uh, Jim Brown, is it is dead or is not dead? That Twitter account, smart guy, fills my DMs up. He asked me to do a close, so I'll do one. He said the podcast was way better when you did one. Uh, I don't necessarily agree, but whatever. First one back, we'll see how long it lasts. My thing is, is that, especially the gentleman who DM'd me about his life and you know what he's going through and how the podcast has helped him. And that may be a singular case is that what, what the things, and I told him is that what he's going through in his life, divorce, etc., is not unique to anyone. And we all are the same. We all go through the same stuff. And sometimes Twitter and social media masks that. And you think you are this sort of, you know, unique uh, interstellar human being that has no issues. We all do. In fact, the people, we all do, all of us. And I have to gate that myself as well. Sort of this, you know, the perception of, oh, I've got everything going right. And everything's perfect. And it's not for anyone. And I think the people who get trolled the most are the people that can't have the humility and say, hey, you know, 
maybe I'm not in a different plane than you. And that's why celebrities get killed that way. And they should. There needs to be that humility. Because we're all the same. We all go through the same stuff. And largely, Twitter becomes, especially, a conduit and a pipeline for, you know, attention. And how can I create this persona and get more attention that everything's perfect? And it's not. And so, I, I, you know, even though that this podcast was never something that was going to be helpful for picks or DFS, perhaps it was content that resonated with people, much like many of the podcasts I listened to, that helped someone get through the night that sucked, that they have someone who who was doing something on, on Twitter or what have you, or they can relate to. And that helps them. And if that helps five people, then why would I quit doing it? And having this sob story for myself that there's just too much content and I feel like mine's better and it's not getting more attention. Shut the fuck up, Matt. Stop being a baby boy. That's it. So whatever, who cares? DM me whenever you want. Have a great night. I got my head on She'll break my heart if she wanna. I should have known from the start, but now I'm falling apart. I got my head on I got my head on I should've known from the start, but now I'm falling apart. I got my head.